Welcome to the sermon podcast of Southside Baptist Church, a body of Christ located in beautiful Norman Park, Georgia. We are so glad you chose to listen in today. It's our prayer you would find the message of Jesus Christ compelling and uplifting, and that your life would be changing continually from hearing the Word of God. If you would like more information about our church or would like more digital content, please feel free to check us out on the web at southsidenp.org. And now for today's message. Thanks, Mike. I pray that you too can call heaven home this morning. Turn with me, if you will, to the book of Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes, it's in the uh, Old Testament. If you find your way to the end of Proverbs and you take a right, you'll find Ecclesiastes. If you go past Proverbs and you find the Song of Solomon, you will miss Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes chapter 12. will be speaking on this subject this morning. The sum of it all. The sum of it all. I'll give you a moment to find Ecclesiastes. But when you do find Ecclesiastes, if you would this morning join me in standing as we honor the reading of God's holy word this morning. Ecclesiastes chapter 12, be reading from verses 9, ending in verse 14, reading through the end of the chapter there. The Bible says this, besides being wise, the preacher also taught the people knowledge Weighing and studying and arranging many proverbs with great care. The preacher sought to find words of delight and uprightly he wrote words of truth. The words of the wise are like goads and like nails firmly fixed. Are the collected sayings. They are given by one shepherd. My God beware, or my, my son beware of anything beyond these. Of making many books there is no end, and much study is a weariness of the flesh. The end of the matter, all has been heard. Fear God and keep His commandments. For this is the whole duty of man. For God will bring every deed into judgment with every secret thing, whether good or evil. Father, we... Come to you this morning again, thanking you, Lord, for thanking you for this opportunity, Father, that we can uh, study your word this morning, that we can break open your word, God. And as we walk through scripture this morning, Lord, we can understand the sum of it all. We can understand the purpose of life. We can understand why we are here. And Father, we thank you for that opportunity, Lord. And now as we do walk through scripture, Lord, may the meditations of my heart and the words of my mouth, Lord, be honorable and pleasing to you. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Have you ever considered the great wisdom that is found in some of our classic nursery rhymes? Consider for a moment, if you will, that classic nursery rhyme, Humpty Dumpty. Y'all know it. 
Humpty Dumpty sat on a wall. Humpty Dumpty had a great fall. All the king's horses and all the king's men couldn't put Humpty Dumpty back together again. So if we're all honest, I imagine that many of our lives and maybe most of us have gone through a moment in our lives. And maybe you're in that moment this morning where your life might resemble that of the life of Humpty Dumpty. He's fallen off that wall. He's broken into pieces. And it seems that nobody can put those pieces back together again. We've tried everything that we could think of to get those broken pieces back together. Now, with most of our hope gone, we once again survey that pile of rubble, which is now our lives. That rubble that lie in front of us. And we're painfully aware of our mistakes. We're painfully aware of our disobedience. We wonder about life. We wonder what the purpose of life is. We wonder why we are even here. And now more than anything, we want to know if there's any hope. Is there any hope of picking up those pieces? Is there any hope of reassembling our lives and moving on from this point forward? Well, I'm not sure that Solomon had any idea about Humpty Dumpty. I'm sure he did not. He didn't have any idea about the nursery rhyme of Humpty Dumpty. But despite all of Solomon's wisdom, he may have wondered these very things. The book of Ecclesiastes, if you know any of the history, could be considered basically Solomon's diary. In fact, the diary entry might read like this. Dear diary, my life resembles a train wreck. I wish I could get some advice on how to get everything back on track before it's too late. Or it might read this way. Vanity of vanities, says the preacher. All is vanity. Solomon questioned the purpose of life. A series of poor decisions and a series of being disobedient had brought Solomon to this very point. And so as we reach this final entry into his diary, Solomon offers the most important lesson that he learned over the course of his life. And this lesson is going to allow us to learn how we can reassemble the pieces of our lives and get everything back on track. Basically, Solomon asks the question in Ecclesiastes chapter 1, verse 3. We're not going to turn there. I'll just read it to you. He asks this, what does man gain by all the toil at which he toils under the sun? All the work, all the pleasure. All the wealth, all the activity. What does man gain by all of that toil? And we come to the final conclusion here from Solomon. He acknowledges, and here's our point this morning. Solomon acknowledged his faith in God. And it was that faith that gave Solomon's life purpose. And so for us this morning, it's the same. The purpose of life is to fear God. But not just to fear God, but to keep His commandments. That faith that we have in God. So as we walk through and as we ponder uh, these things this morning, as we ponder that very question, what does man gain by all the toil at which he toils under the sun? We're going to see the answers to that uh, this morning. If you have your 
bulletin in the bulletins and outline you can follow along. First thing let's notice is the preacher's credentials. The preacher's credentials. Look at verses 9 through 10. Besides being wise, the preacher also taught the people knowledge, weighing and studying and arranging many proverbs with great care. In verse 10, the preacher sought to find uh, words of delight and uprightly he wrote words of truth. And it's important here to establish the credentials of Solomon. For even the wisest man who ever lived realized that the purpose of life had nothing to do with his credentials. It had nothing to do with who he was. It had nothing to do with what he had accomplished. It had nothing to do with the books that he may have written. It had nothing to do with the Proverbs that he had written, the songs that he had composed. And so we can understand that as well this morning. The purpose of our life has nothing to do with what you've done. It has nothing to do with all the success that you've had. Because be reminded that when you take your last breath, you do not take those successes with you. You do not take any of that stuff with you. You don't take your wealth with you. You don't take your prosperity with you. You don't take your books with you. You don't take any of that stuff with you. And so Solomon, he's, we establish his credentials here. Notice what they said. He, he, this is establishes his trustworthiness here as well. In other words, can we really trust the advice of Solomon? Well, notice he, he does this in great wisdom. Wise there means that Solomon was the wisest individual to ever live. If you look back at 1 Kings chapter 3, verse 12. Remember what God asked Solomon what he wanted and Solomon prayed for wisdom. And because Solomon prayed for wisdom, and notice if you remember that passage of Scripture, God tells him, because you didn't pray for wealth, because you didn't pray for all those other things, and because you prayed for wisdom, I will give you wisdom. In fact, you will be the wisest man to ever live. So Solomon had great wisdom. He was skilled and he was experienced. Ecclesiastes 1 uh, verse 16, Solomon says, I said in my heart, I have acquired great wisdom, surpassing all who ever were ever uh, over Jerusalem before me. And my heart has had great experience of wisdom and knowledge. Solomon was a wise man. He had great wisdom. Second Chronicles chapter one, verse 10, the Bible says give me now wisdom Knowledge to go out and come in before this people for who can govern this people of yours, which is so great. Solomon also knew from where his wisdom came. His wisdom had come from God. So Solomon was wise. He was great in wisdom. He was the wisest individual to ever live. But not only that, he was a great teacher. The Bible says he taught the people knowledge. Knowledge there means discernment. It means understanding. And it means wisdom. Solomon was a great teacher. Maybe many of you are great teachers. We have teachers that teach Sunday school. We have teachers uh, that that stand up and, and, and teach at the school systems and all those other things. That's part of their credentials. And Solomon was a great teacher. He taught understanding to the people. He was very well respected. Not only that, he was a skilled composer. 
Bible says that weighing and studying and arranging many proverbs with great care. Solomon prepared many proverbs. Proverbs were, were, were sentences of ethical wisdom, many of which we have included in the canon today. You go back to the book of Proverbs, and many of those were written by Solomon. But not all of them. Because 1 Kings chapter 4 and 5. So he was a skilled composer. He wrote and spoke many proverbs. We don't have all 3,000, obviously, in the book of Proverbs. But we do see many of his proverbs. So he was skilled in writing proverbs. He was skilled in being a composer. The Bible says he did this composing with great care. It says weighing. Weighing there means pondered. He searched out. He gave heed to. In other words, Solomon wasn't flippant in his writing of Proverbs. He wasn't flippant in his just speaking of those Proverbs and things. He was skilled in that. He, he took great care in that. He pondered about those things. He searched out what the good Proverbs would be. He also studied means searched out in the New American Standard, if you have that translation. But it says he, he sought out. It literally means to seek out something with the intent to secure that which you seek. So Solomon sought out the good things. He sought out, sought out the great wisdom. He sought out those things with great care. This suggests also that Solomon uh, was seeking to find what had been previously lost so he sought these things he sought with great care he pondered with great care those things he just didn't write those things down so that lets us know that solomon was wise and his wisdom extended all throughout his life and all the things that he did his credentials were very impeccable if you will and he made a diligent search Pondering and searching out, seeking to find. Notice what the Bible says, those words of delight. That means those appropriate and pleasurable words. Now that doesn't suggest that Solomon just gave the feel-good words to people. It wasn't a message that he stand up here, just have enough faith and you'll have what you need. That's not what the Bible is talking about here. It wasn't a feel-good words. It was appropriate words. It was pleasurable words. It suggests... Comforting words, but words of honesty. Words that were appropriate for the time. Words that would have been pleasurable to hear. Words of truth. Words that would edify others. Words uh, for the good of mankind. This would have been words that May have stepped on toes of folks. May have been difficult to hear, yet they were honest words. They were truthful words. I want you to understand something. It does you no good. If your pastor stands up in front of you and gives you all good, feel good words. It does you no good. Solomon spoke honestly to the people. He gave those appropriate words at the appropriate time, those pleasurable words at the appropriate time. 
They were hard words to give, but they were also hard words to hear. Yet they were words of great value. Proverbs 25, 11. A word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in a setting of silver. They were fitly spoken words. He was also a skilled writer of truth. The Bible says, and uprightly he wrote words of truth. Uprightly means what is right. Words of truth. What are the words of truth? These are words of uh, the uh, truly written. They were written correctly. They were divine truth. They were the truth. We live in a society that has no idea what truth is. Some will say there is no truth. Well, how can you make that statement if there is no truth? Is that true or not true? But Solomon wrote words of truth. Those words that were hard to hear. Those words that that would have been uh, bold and courageous to speak. Listen, I wish we got we need people that are that are bold and courageous enough to stand up and say, listen, my foundation is the word of God. And we stand upon the word of God. Listen, we need to be gentle and we need to be gracious when we share that. It's not us that def- that, that are, are to offend. It's the word of God that is offensive. But we need to be courageous and bold like Solomon was to write words of truth and to speak words of truth, divine truth. Our, our truth needs to be founded upon the capital T in truth, and that is Jesus Christ and the word of God. So that was Solomon's credentials. And Solomon not only knew Objective truth. He wrote objective truth. Truth not based on cultural constructs, but on the divine word of God. And so our credentials are important. However, they are not necessary for us to understand the true purpose of life. Nevertheless, great care should be taken by preachers. Great care should be taken by teachers. Great care should be taken by you parents and anyone else who has the responsibility of passing along information that we make sure that we're passing along the truth. Capital T. The truth. So that was the preacher's credentials. We established that and understand it's not our credentials. That give us the purpose in life. Notice the second thing. The preacher's counsel. Look at verse 11 if you will. The words of the wise are like goads. And like nails firmly affixed. Are the collected sayings. They are given by one shepherd. There's two things you're going to notice here. The benefit of wise counsel. Wise counsel is important. It's important to sit under wise teachers and those who have studied well and those who have thought well and sought out the truths that they're trying to relay. The words of wise there. Solomon says they're like goads. A goad is a long pointed stick used for prodding and guiding oxen while they were plowing in the field. Now, I'm not a big uh, uh show person, but since I've lived here in South Georgia, particularly here in Southwest Georgia, I've attended some of those 
pig shows and cow shows. I don't know what else to call them, but that's what I'm going to call them. And what I've noticed is, as I've watched those young people uh, handle those pigs, they got that thing that's called, what is it, a heads up pig whip or whatever it is that keeps the pig going? Is that what it's called? Pig whip? But what that pig whip does, it gets that pig's attention. Right? It keeps that pig motivated to move this direction or that direction. It, it, it helps that pig go in the desired location of the handler. The desired direction of the handler. The desired outcome of the handler, hopefully, with this pig whip. But the wise, words of the wise, they're like that pig whip. They lead us and they guide us in the direction, that desired direction, the direction that we need to be going in that direction is towards God. That narrow path, as Jesus talks about. The wide path is easy, but the narrow path is hard. It's that narrow path. So the wise counsel, Solomon says, it pricks the heart of men. Maybe the words of a sermon, or maybe the words of a lesson, or maybe the words of a friend. But those are wise words. They're like goads, but they're also like nails as well. And those collected sayings there that Solomon talks about are like nails firmly affixed. What are those collected sayings? Those are the things that, those sacred writings, as Paul tells Timothy in Second Timothy, it's the Word of God. It's God's Holy Scripture. It's God's Word. And God's Word, those collected sayings are like nails firmly fixed. Most of you have dealt with nails. You know that when you nail something together, hopefully it's firmly attached. And those collected sayings, they're like that. They they're, they're make one secure. They're fixed to that which is good. Those are collected sayings. It's divine words. It's it's Scripture. And so lives fixed upon Scripture are lives that are safe. They're lives that are secure. They're lives that are guided and directed by the truth. However, you know, there'll be lives that that are difficult. Understand that just because I found my life upon Scripture doesn't mean my life is not going to be difficult. In fact, it's probably going to be even more difficult. Because if you know anything about following God, if you know anything about being a a disciple of Jesus Christ, the closer and closer that you and I get to God, the more and more difficult our lives seem to be because Satan attacks more and more and more and more. He doesn't have to attack those that aren't close to God. He's already got them right where he wants them. He has to spend all of his energy on those who are close and near to God. Those who are focused on the word of God. Those who have put their foundation in the Lord. But he also goes on and says, he gives us the origin of that wise counsel. They are given by one shepherd. Are given by one shepherd. Think about this. Even the wisest man who had ever lived could not match the wisdom of Almighty God. It comes from the shepherd. It's ultimate wisdom. 
comes from the shepherd. Ultimate understanding comes from the shepherd. Ultimate knowledge comes from the shepherd. The true sayings of God Himself through inspiration of the Holy Spirit. You may be asking yourself, who is this shepherd that Solomon's talking about? It's God. It's the shepherd. The Good News translation reads this way. They are given by God, the one shepherd of us all. Martin Luther said it this way. The word of God is perfect. It is precious. It is pure. It is truth itself. It's the word of God. Those wise words come from God. Those collected sayings come from God. The words that you and I should build our life upon come from God. But notice there's also a caution that Solomon gives here in verse 12. He says, my son. That's a personal response from him to, uh, to is a term of endearment there. He says, beware, beware. Of anything beyond these. Talking about those collected sayings. Of making many books there is no end. And much study is the weariness of the flesh. Beware there. It means to warn. It means to admonish. I'm not a big fan of snakes. In fact, there's, there's no fan to it. I hate snakes. Okay. Think about the rattlesnake. The rattlesnake rattles. He did rattle? Yeah, he rattles. Why is he rattling? He's warning you that if you get too much close, if you get closer, that I'm going to bite you. So Solomon is basically saying, he said, you know, beware. Listen, I'm warning you here. Libraries are full of books. There's books on every subject matter. You can go to the library, you can go to the local bookstore, and you can find a book on anything. If you don't find it there, you can get on the Internet and find information on anything. And books are going to continue to be written. Books are going to continue to be published. But Solomon is basically saying this. In other words, if you will not be convinced by Scripture, if you will not be convinced by the collected sayings given by the one shepherd, then it stands the reason you will not be convinced if more and more books are written. In fact, more study, he says, is only going to make you tired. Now listen, kids, that doesn't mean you can't, you need to quit studying. Okay? That doesn't mean that you need to stop studying. And even us as adults as well. But what Solomon is saying, you need to be studying the right things. You need to be studying the proper things, the things that are going to build your life up, the things that are going to edify your life and edify the others as well, let I me mean, think about it. Students, you study for tests. We study for work. We study the box scores for the for the game. We study the weather to see what the best time to plant our crops will be. There's a book for everything. Study is important and study is necessary. Yet how many of you study scripture? Easy preacher. Easy. The book, the holy book, the word of God, those collected sayings 
most of us study Scripture hit or miss or best, and it's non-existent at worst. And then we wonder why our lives are falling apart. Then we wonder why our society is falling apart. The reason it's falling apart is because it's not founded upon the Word of God. The truth. 1 Timothy 3.16. Y'all know this scripture. All scripture is what? Breathed out by God. Okay. He doesn't stop there. And he says, and profitable. It means valuable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. Scripture is the divine word of the good shepherd. Scripture is the refreshing spring of water that puts life back into a dry and dusty soul. Yet for many, the scriptures themselves are dry and dusty. I want to remind you of the question Solomon ponders. What does man gain by all the toil at which he toils under the sun? What's not our credentials? We need to understand why his counsel is important. But the final answer and the final consideration this morning is where we're going to, where we're going to land. The third thing is the preacher's conclusion. Solomon's been on a long and arduous journey. We see that under the sun in, 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 in Ecclesiastes. And at the conclusion of this journey, he reflects back like many of us do on our lives. He, he realizes that all the things are done for selfish gain, all the things that are done for ourselves and all those other things are unimportant. They're futile. They're, they're vanity of vanities, if you will. What is important, however, for Solomon and for us as well is to acknowledge the Lord. Maybe this would have been a surprising conclusion. I don't know. Maybe it's going to be a surprising conclusion for many of us this morning. But regardless whether it's surprising or not, it's simple and it's straightforward. He emphasizes the purpose of life in a twofold way here, as Solomon does. Look at verse 13, the end of the matter. That's the end of it all. Listen, I've come to the conclusion. This is my conclusion right here. This is the last chapter of the book. This is all she wrote. All has been heard. Fear God and keep His commandments. For this is the whole duty of man. That first purpose, Solomon says in his conclusion, is to fear God. Is to fear God. That means a proper and a healthy reverence and awe of God. Fear there means the object being God. God is the object of our fear. God is the object of our reverence. God is the object of our awe. We stand in awe of a holy God. We stand in awe of Almighty God. We stand in awe of the shepherd. The one shepherd. And because of our fear of God, it should obviously lead to keeping His commandments. It means being obedient to the Word of God, being obedient to God, being obedient to the Scripture, being obedient to the Shepherd. Notice this is a natural progression of terms here. We fear God, and because we fear God, we keep His commandments. 
For without a healthy fear of God, we will not have a desire to keep God's commandments. Fear leads to obedience. Obedience leads to a willingness of God's children to want to obey His commands. I remember when I was a kid. I feared my dad. And because I feared my dad, I kept his commandments. Because if I didn't keep his commandments, I would be judged. And I would be judged severely and immediately. And that judgment oftentimes, well, not oftentimes, all the time, hurt. But I have a proper and I had a healthy reverence and, and, and awe for my, for my father. But keeping the commandments of God starts with a relationship with God. Ecclesiastes 2.25, for apart from him, that's God, who can eat or have enjoyment. So God is the object of our fear. God is the object of our obedience. We obey him. It speaks of genuine faith in God and includes our good work. So in other words, we have to have a relationship with God in order for us to desire to be obedient to God. I had a relationship with my father, so that led to my desire to want to be obedient to him. It's the same thing with God. If you don't have a relationship with the Lord, you're not going to have a desire to be obedient to the things of God. You're not going to have a desire to be obedient to the things of Scripture. Why? Because you don't understand Scripture. You don't understand God. You don't have that relationship. And so you're not going to have that desire to be obedient to the Word of God. But notice here, he's talking about, understand, our faith does not come by our works, but our good works are a natural outpouring of our faith. What do you mean? I mean, we put our faith in Christ first. And because we have put our faith in Christ, that naturally leads us to be obedient to God. It's not the other way around. Works don't save you. Works don't save you. In fact, according to Solomon, he says this, it's the whole duty of man in other words it's the essence of man it's the essence of man it's the entirety of man it's the purpose of man the purpose of man why we were created we were created for relationship with god and in that relationship we would have been obedient to god we would have followed the commands of god adam and eve did did what you know they just naturally obeyed god Prior to the fall. It was natural. It was just there. That's just the way it was. But originally God designed us and he created us for a relationship. And it was a perfect relationship. Notice the motivation here as well. We've been talking about evangelism and we need to be motivated to evangelize. Well, there's also a motivation for us here To fear God and to keep his commandments. In verse 14, Solomon ends this way. He says, for God will bring every deed into judgment with every secret thing, whether good or evil. We will be judged. 
We're going to be judged. Notice who the judge there is. It's not your neighbor. It's not your friend. It's not your wife. It's not your husband. It's not the government. It's God. Holy, just God. He is the judge. And Solomon says every deed, all those deeds that we've done, good or bad, but he doesn't stop there. He says also, hey, don't forget the ones that you've done in secret. Everybody should know that nothing is secret, right? I mean, your neighbor may not know, and your wife may not know, and your friends may not know, but God knows. God knows. And all those secret things, whether good or evil, will be judged. We will stand before God one day, and we will not be acquitted on a technicality. (laughs) There'll be no technicalities when we stand before God. So let me ask you this morning, what are you pursuing? What are you putting your value in? What is your lie? All those other things that you put in school, is it all about work? Is it all about wealth? Is it all about all those other things that you put your heart into? Solomon had tried all those things. You go back and read the book of Ecclesiastes. He tried all those things to find happiness. He tried all those things to find security. He tried all those things to find the purpose in life. Yet none of that matters. School is important. Don't get me wrong. Work is important. Money is important. All that stuff is important. But what I'm saying this morning and what Solomon is saying and what the Bible is telling us, it's not the purpose in life. Because let me ask you this. If you're a wealthy individual and you've got the Lord, if you lose your wealth, who do you still have? The Lord. The Lord. Solomon's tried all these things. But he ends up saying, listen, we don't need to look any further than God. Someone has said this, the church does not need brilliant personalities, but faithful servants of Jesus and the brethren. That's what the church needs. Ecclesiastes 8, chapter or chapter 8, verse 12 says, Though the sinner does evil a hundred times and prolongs his life, yet I know that it will be well with those who fear God because they fear before Him. The end of the matter is this, church. Fear God. Fear God. And keep His commandments it's not about your credentials all those are good God has blessed you with those he's allowed you to have those but it's not about your credentials it's not about who you are it's whose you are if you're a child of God it's not about the counsel, although wise counsel is important and we need to set ourselves under wise counsel, wise preachers and wise teachers and all those other things who, who ground themselves in the Word of God. But it's not about wise counsel. It's all about the fear in God and keeping His commandments. The search is on. 
You can search and you can search. You can read book after book. You can listen to talking head after talking head. You can read newspaper after newspaper. But I'll tell you this morning, God is the answer. Your life might be in pieces. God is the answer. You feel like your life lacks purpose. God is the answer. Work and wealth and school and jobs and family and friends, all those things are important. And God has blessed us with those things. But according to Solomon, all of that also is... So this morning, I want to offer you the wind. So this morning, I want to offer you Christ. That's all I can offer you is Jesus Christ. I want to offer you a relationship with Christ this morning. I want to offer you God. That's all I can offer you here. That's all Southside Baptist Church can offer you. We've got many books you can read. You can listen to talking heads on the internet. You can listen, even listen to me on the internet. You can't get enough of me here. Don't answer that. Newspaper after newspaper, but all I can offer you and all we can offer you is Christ. But I'll tell you, Jesus is all you need. He's all you need. So this morning, that's all I want to offer you. If you're here this morning and you don't have a relationship with Christ, you can't fear God because you don't have a relationship with God. That fear speaks of a relationship You can cry out to God. Ask Him to come into your life. Repent of your sins. And you will be saved. Maybe you're here this morning and you are a Christian. You're just not living the way God wants you to live. Maybe that's you this morning. I don't know. I don't know what your relationship is with the Lord. I don't know if you have a relationship with with the Lord. But I want to offer you Jesus this morning. He is the answer. And He is the whole duty of man and that's our purpose so this morning whatever decision you need to make as the ladies come forward and we begin to prepare for the invitation i'll be down front we'll stand here in a moment we'll give you the opportunity to come and and share your heart and pray at the altar you can speak to me you speak to me after the service whatever whatever needs to happen here maybe you want to join the church Maybe you've never followed Christ in believer's baptism. Maybe you've, 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 you've accepted Jesus as personal Lord and Savior. You know you're saved, but you've never followed Him in believer's baptism. That's important. That's part of being obedient. Maybe you need to do that. Well, you can come forward and we can get that worked out as well. But whatever decision you need to make, we need to understand something. That the whole purpose of man is to fear God and keep His commandments. Will you do that this morning? Let's pray. Thanks again for listening today. We hope the word preached today would be used by God mightily as you go about your week. Again, if you would like more information about our church or would like more digital content, please feel free to check us out on the web at southsidenp.org. Have a blessed day and may God grant you grace this week to grow more into the likeness of Jesus.